Blog Talk Radio. Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. That would be me. Uh, how's everyone doing tonight? I am the Fantasy Jester, just as Arturo Freeman just got just got done telling you. Hopefully you, you caught that part. But how's everyone tonight, man? Uh, what a great, 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 great time we are having around here lately. And, uh, you know, I want to be able to tell you, I usually say, you know, it's beautiful coming from D-Land, Florida and all that. And uh, I, I can't. It's uh, 67 and raining. It's raining tonight. I love a rainy night. I love a rainy night when I'm listening to the Jester. And I get to listen to me every Saturday night, thanks to FantasyJesterSports.com. Blog Talk Radio, breadfromyourbed.com, and Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. We'll talk about those fine people and more later on. On tonight's edition, the Telephone Sports Psychic. You know, I've always wanted to be one of those, you know, psychics. You call in, hey, how you doing? All right. Let me guess. Uh, All right. You call me. You have a... I'm feeling like you got a problem. I'm feeling like uh, something something's going on in your life. Uh, I, I just I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm getting family. I'm getting a little bit of money, maybe. Hey, that's such bullshit. Anyway, yeah, no telephone sports psychic. I like to be able to have people call me, and uh, I'll give you my psychic report. No problem for a dollar ninety nine a minute. I will sit there and talk all day sports with you and tell you what I see. Some of it right, some of it wrong. As <clears throat> I was reminded just before I came on air, uh, how I actually missed a baseball player last year, swung and missed badly, real bad, and uh, thanks to. My partner, who will be coming on in a little bit, JT, Jason Townsend, I was, uh, I was happily, on his end, reminded of my, my faux pas, my swing and a miss, if you will. That's all right. That's all right. We won't swing and miss very often, and that's fine. Uh, it, it happens. And uh, what can you do? We're going to be talking about baseball again tonight. We're going to talk baseball we're going to give you a little bit, a little treat of what we're seeing on the fantasy horizon. We can't give much. You know, we learned, <laughs> we learned in our newness not to give away the farm on air. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's something to do it in print. But 
we have a lot of friends that listen to the show as well. And if we're out here giving our, our uh, secrets away, turn it out, they're using it against us folks. And that's the truth. So what I want to do is we'll JT and I are going to talk a little bit of baseball, give you a little bit of something, throw you something, some people that we're seeing that, you know, might not be on your horizon and should be at this point. You know, we're going to talk probably a little bit of wrestling, uh, WWE, and uh, I don't know why we're going to talk WWE. To be honest with you, I have no clue. I'm tired of talking WWE. It's the same crap all the time. Um, I'd much prefer to talk FXE. So, matter of fact, maybe our wrestling time tonight will be uh, FXE. You know, uh, NBA can't get much worse for me. I mean, the Knicks. Uh, joke and uh, now the magic they make a dumb deal and I, I I don't know I'll get into that in a little bit and then NHL you know a lot going on in the NHL this past week and a lot getting ready to go on as the season is uh in, in the best part of it now now is where you start seeing teams make moves and and you really get to see who the strong horses are. You get a couple of these teams that come out of the gate fast, but might not have the staying power. You know, a lot of people are concerned, does Columbus have that staying power? And So we'll talk a little bit about the NHL, but we also want to talk about JT's favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and Sidney Crosby reaching 1,000 points, 1,000 NHL points, and going to put that in perspective with some of the other greats in the sport. And uh, some of them, you, you're going to be really surprised. You're going to really be surprised as to, you know, what is coming up. What, what is coming up on the thousand, you know, who's, who's coming on that thousand point list. But more importantly, you know, you take a look at Crosby and right now, Arguably him and Ovechkin, probably two of the greats in the game right now. And Yager, still playing. And, and we'll get into that whole list. We're going we're gonna to get into that because I really do want to talk about it. and Because and, it's such a milestone. It's such a milestone. Now, I'm going to have to talk about my rant tonight. And, and my rant is going to make a lot of sense now. As some of you understand... I play fantasy sports in six different sports. And uh, you you say, well, six different. Yeah, I play actually in football, baseball, hockey, uh, basketball, golf, and auto racing. And um, I got to be honest with you. My worst of the six is basketball. And I think I have a direct reason now. I'm starting to put it all together. It's because my teams I follow suck. I mean, there's no better way to put it. I wish I could put it better. I wish I could make it sound great and all that. You know, I really would like to be able to root for either, you know, either the Knicks, my hometown team, or my now adopted uh, team down here in Florida, the Orlando Magic. They both suck. They both suck. And I think it's their fault probably and so that that my basketball, my fantasy basketball sucks the way it does because of them. 
you know, if I was half somewhat interested in basketball because I had a team doing well that I care about, I'd watch more. But I don't watch more. You know why? It's all Cleveland. I'm not a LeBron fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of the player. I'm not a fan of the person. Or it's L.A. It's some West Coast team and all that crap. It's either the Lakers or Golden State or there's a... No, I'm sorry. I, I can't. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to need to move so I can get a basketball team? No, that's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I can't take it anymore. You got Mel- Since they got Melo, I've been crying about them having Melo up in New York, okay? Dolan is a joke. There's no better way to put it. Dolan is a joke. And Phil Jackson, well, we all know how JT and myself both feel about Phil Jackson just being lucky as a coach, let alone what the hell is he doing in a GM position. So they're, they're a mess. They're a mess. The only thing good about the Knicks, in my eyes, is Porzingis. That's it. That's it. The rest of the team, coach, management, all that stuff. Get them the hell out of there. Each and every one of them. I'd clear house so bad, let me tell you. And then now, the magic? Oh, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? Abaka? Really? Terrence Ross? Really? I just want to get a scream. Come on. Work with me. And you wonder why I have no interest in the NBA. You wonder why I'm failing, not failing, but in my eyes, not the greatest, at fantasy basketball because I have no damn interest. My teams suck. You know, for those of you, I I grew up up north. I grew up in New Jersey, and I, I, I... I am one of those spoiled New York, New Jersey fans who are used to winning. And if you're from New York or New Jersey, you're not used to winning basketball. You're just not used to winning basketball. You've had great hockey teams throughout the years, whether it's been the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils. You had at least football with the Giants. Jets one year, 73. Joe Namath, great. Joe Namath was the last time. Okay. But anyway, you still have the Giants. Some people want to say Buffalo, but, I mean, a bunch of second places. I'm talking about actually championships. Baseball. Do I have to say anything about the Yankees? And the Mets. The Mets, they've done it. But basketball... New York fans, it sucks if you're a basketball fan up there. So I come down here and the Magic are no better. Magic are a joke. Please clear house there too. Clear house. Bring Jester in. Bring JT in. Let JT be the GM of the Orlando Magic. I'd like to find out what he would do with this. Oh, mess. You know what? Let's find out. I don't have to wish. 
I got them on the line. Everywhere I go, every podcast, whether it's this one or the FXE live on Wednesdays, he's there everywhere. Jason Townsend Fez F E Z four three seven on Twitter. JT, how are you, man? Jester, another Saturday night of the Fantasy Jester Show. Uh, Seventy-eight degrees here and clear in Dallas, Texas. Uh, loving this weather a lot more than the uh, weather I was getting up north in uh, Ohio. So, not a lot to complain about, and I like it. We're jumping right into the NBA, and I'm feeling your pain. Uh, what are the Magic doing? You're, you're getting a low first-round pick. The Raptors are a contenders, folks. You don't want their pick. It's not going to be a lottery pick. Uh, and Terrence Ross. So basically now they've traded Oladipo, Terrence Ross, and a pick. <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at it, that's basically what they've done. You know, and I'm listening to you. And I want to throw one thing out there before I dive into the Magic. You know, we talked to you, like you said, we talked about Phil Jackson and the Knicks last week, and I had some people during the week that must have been listening, and uh, when I called out Phil Jackson's ability to be a general manager, they basically said, well, wait a minute, look what Phil did as the coach and GM of the Chicago Bulls. Guys, he wasn't the GM. Krause was the GM with the Bulls. Jerry Reinsdorf was the owner. Phil Jackson didn't get to pull a Bill Parcells and shop for the groceries. He took what he was given. You know, Jerry Krause has had a few bombs out there, the Stacey Kings of the world, the Brad Sellers of the world. But let's not, rem- you know, let's not forget, one draft, he drafted Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant in the same draft. Pretty damn good draft there. Traded Stacey King for Luke Longley, who was a key factor to some of their championship runs, and then traded Will Perdue for Dennis Rodman to the Spurs. So Phil Jackson had nothing to do with any of this. Phil Jackson didn't build the Lakers. Phil Jackson didn't build the Bulls. This is what we're trying to point out. The guy rode the coattails of superstars, and he was never GM. So just wanted to point that out to those of you that did contact me uh, about Phil Jackson's wonderful GM skills with the Bulls that were non-existent because he was not the GM. As for the Magic, at this point, I think you got to go in, like you said, clean the entire house front office all the way down. You need to go out and get basketball people and let them build and stop trading away guys that can be a factor. <laughs> I, I know you like the Oladipo trade, and if you're looking at it, what they got back in that trade, great. But then when you turn around and bring Terrence Ross in at this point in a low first-round pick, you're just starting over. Uh, they need to clean house completely and build through the draft. Well, you you knew they were lost, okay, and, and you kind of got the feel that they, somebody wasn't staying up front there because they had one man too many. You knew that. It's just mm-hmm. what they got in return, and I, I just like I said, I sit there and watch, and they're gonna try and use Peyton as the point guard to run that team and you know you have to have uh, here here's my belief JT in a point guard you have to have a point guard that is a complete player in my eyes either have 
you know, for for a championship team, you know, you look at some of these guys, you want somebody that can shoot, that can drive, and that can dish. You have to be able to be a complete weapon to truly be able to be an effective floor general, okay, and have to dictate to the defense. See, if you you can't if you can't dictate to the defense from what is essentially your quarterback position, you're uh-huh. in trouble. You're in trouble. You think about you think about the the NFL. Imagine if you couldn't dictate from the quarterback position. Peyton Manning showed you dictating from the quarterback uh-huh. position at its finest. Right now, you got a guy right. like, and then you got a guy now. To me, and believe it or not, I'm, I'm a little higher on the guy than I, I've portrayed sometimes in Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can go ahead. He sees what's going on, but he is different in Peyton than this. He adds that dimension of he, he can he can extend the play. He's mobile. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, he I is. like – I, 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 I would love to see – I would love to see – them use Jimmy Graham properly, maybe get another uh, wide receiver, okay, and give him some guys. But that kid is going to continue to grow. And, and again, when you go into the NBA now, if that guy can't dictate that defense and move people around, a play is called, change a play, this, that, the other, create the offense, help open up lanes, if you can't do that, and, mm-hmm. and Peyton, no, you're, you're Peyton talking. can't shoot. Peyton, uh, his big problem is is he's not a weapon that you have to worry about shooting. You can lay off of him at times. And Vogel just Vogel, I've seen Vogel give him the ball as the last shot in the game to win the game. I mean, I just I don't know. Well, you know, and to piggyback on what you're saying, and you would think the Orlando Magic organization would know this better than anyone, the uh, hack-a-shack type of defenses that are played now in games when you have a lead, not that the Magic have had many in the fourth quarter, but you also need a point guard that can uh, handle the ball and bang home some free throws. And I mean, you can maybe get one of the interns to pull that number, but uh, at this point, I know earlier in the the season, his free throw percentage was pretty lackluster for the – for a guard, let alone anything else, maybe he's improved that. But you got a guy that you really can't trust to have the ball in his hands at the end of the game either, because of defenses will put you on the line. Yeah, well, you know, one thing, that, and it's just the idea that he's such a poor shooter. He's just he, he he's just a uh, I'm I'm uh, here. He becomes the liability at. Uh, uh, at the end of the game, like you're saying, because you know the kid's not going to hit the outside shot, okay? Now, his free, th- his free throw, okay, o- over the season has been getting better. You know, he, he started out the season really bad. Last year was god-awful. He had a 589 free throw. But uh, over this past year, they, I guess they've been working with him from the free throw line because over the last uh-huh. month he's shooting uh, 77%. Which still isn't so fantastic. That aspect of the game. Yeah, and the last two week, last uh, two weeks, he's at seventy six percent. So 
um, just getting it. Yeah, he, he's working at that part of the game, but he's still shooting horribly from the floor. And again, that well, and, the, that and, you know, if you don't have to worry about man, covering him, yeah, go ahead. No, you don't. It, it, and not to saying that he's this type of player, but if you go back to the '90s when the Charlotte Hornets, the original Charlotte Hornets, had uh, Lonzo Mourning, Larry Johnson, Kendall Gill, Muggsy Bogues was a very good point guard, but defenses would sag off him and dare him to shoot the ball late in games because, well, let's be honest, he was five foot three first off, but secondly the kid really didn't have a consistent shot from the outside. And that's, that's kind of what it reminds me of with Peyton, where he's a taller player, but he's not going to get in the lane at this point. He doesn't really drive the ball, and he's not going to knock down any kind of open shot. So teams will sag, and, you know, defenses now are allowed to pretty much play his own defense at this point. So it just kind of well, goes with what you're saying. My, and also here's the thing, though, with Peyton now. They're not even running the offense through him. So now you have a guy who can't shoot, isn't a scorer, and, and, and he's not out there to get assists. Last year, he averaged 6.4 assists a game. This year, 5.7. In the last 30 days, 4.9. I see a trend here. Yeah, well, in the yeah, last kind of two weeks, in the last two weeks, 3.0. And he's averaging 26, 30 minutes, 27 in that area. Okay. Now, this last week, 27 minutes a game, two, 2.3 assists. No steals, no blocks, two turnovers. I mean, it's just really gone downhill. They don't even – that's what I'm saying, though. He's – okay, he's averaging – 11, just short of 12 points a game these past couple weeks. Just 12 points a game. So he's not there for the scoring. He's not there for the assists. He's obviously not there for the rebounds, the steals, or the blocks. He does have a what great the... hairstyle, though. Oh, what's he there for, then? Yeah, it, at this point, it's time you, you, you figure out, look, we've had this guy a couple years. He's, I think he got take or was it tenth or eleventh in the draft, if I'm not mistaken. He's not what we thought he was going to be, uh, and and I'm still hearing rumors that that there's another trade on the horizon still. That Vuce is still probably going to get dealt to Boston. So I mean, really at this point, what are you going to have on the floor to 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 root for? What do you you know, Fournier, uh, Jeff Green. No, last I heard, Jeff Green and Augustine for Reggie Jackson. Oh, well, I mean, it would get him a scoring point guard at least, a guy that can score the ball. I mean, you look at a guy that has shown uh, over a couple of stops uh, in the NBA that he's able to score the basketball. So, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's one thing to help. But I just don't understand. The Orlando fans have a right to be mad. Uh, I mean, you know, they kind of got – you know, kind of got used to it in the 90s when you had the Shacks and the Penny, you know, Skiles, Nick Anderson, 3D, Dennis Scott, Jeff Turnover, you know, Turner, sorry, just to have it, got to yeah. call him Turnover because that's what he did. Um, you know, but yep. Magic fans got to be irritated at this point. Nick fans have to be irritated at this point. Um, two, two franchises in the NBA that their fans deserve better than that. Has anybody seen uh, the two owners in the same room? At the same time, 
No, I don't wonder? think anyone has. You ever wonder? Yeah, maybe. Wow. Because they're, That's a they're good point. both equally as bad and dumb, it seems like. I mean, it is just, like I said, so you wonder why I have little interest in fantasy uh, basketball. I'm like, eh, you know, my basketball right now is, like I said, if I had one team that I could just say, all right, you know what, they're good this year. Let me watch and see what they do. No, I went into this year knowing that the Knicks – might be an eighth seed team and that the magic might be a seventh, eighth team, eighth uh, place team in the conference. That was the hope. My hope was what that they'd be the worst of the top eight. <laughs> that's not, well, you, that's you not a lot of hope. It's not a lot of hope folks. No. It wasn't like, Oh wow. You know, maybe this year we overtake Cleveland. No. Right now, we're looking to overtake the land high. You know, I have to ask you, you mentioned Cleveland. Um, you know, rumor has it out there that Kyrie rumor Irving uh, is absolutely convinced that the world is flat. I wonder if we could uh, pair him up with our friend from the uh, – from the Rams and, and, and the, the one that doesn't believe in dinosaurs, you know, and uh, maybe we could have, you know, have these two have, uh, have a conversation together. Maybe Harrison Barnes, I hear is also convinced that the world is flat as well. They've obviously never seen any pictures of from the satellites or anything like that. But uh, what's your thought on that one? All right. I, I can, I can be a, a, a conspiracy theorist at times. I can. I uh, know I've been I've been there before, okay, but um, yeah, I think I think okay. What happened was is he was playing with one of the reporters, and somebody actually quoted him and used it and said he said it, and he's just having fun with it at this point. I let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. I really from from what from what I got on what I read today on it was that he was like, I can't believe that this is a story. Right. Because that'll tell well, you where we are. And 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 I gotta you know I'll go ahead and uh, qualify this that I'm a, a Carolina Tar Heel basketball fan. So I've always hated the Duke Blue Devils, but let's be real. If he does believe this, it doesn't say much for the uh, Duke educational system uh, of higher learning there if, 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 he, if he really truly does buy that. So for his sake, I hope you're right. Uh, you know, I, I thought the Duke basketball players were there to uh, really just play basketball. I always, I had always likened them to uh, some the old cliche that everybody thinks that they're there to play basketball when somebody else does their homework more times than not. Oh, okay. So basically, basket weaving one hundred and one, huh? Maybe not even that. Maybe having a substitute for that as well, so that it, it, it you know, it doesn't hurt their fingers. They get doppelgangers that absolutely just go to class for them. That's all it is. A cardboard cutout, even. Because that's really probably all you need. As long as you can play ball for Duke and win a national championship, um, as long as you can make that school millions. And millions. 
and millions. How you doing? The NCAA in general is like that, really. I mean, let's be honest, folks. Let's call it as it is. Let's not sugarcoat it, okay? They're, they're using oh, the hell out of our kids to make millions. That's what they, oh, they make their millions, and supposedly the kids get a free education. Uh, none of them seeing basketball seem to make it past their freshman year anymore, so I really don't see how much education you're getting in that one season to trade off for the millions of dollars that the uh, basketball program or the football programs are making. Yeah, um, we'll give you we'll but, give you free education for that one and done. Exactly. Another rule that the basketball needs to look at. Do the NBA. You need to be out of high school for three years before you can uh, – or the NFL, before you can come to the NBA, just like the NFL has. Get some of these kids some development before they get in the pros. The Terrence Rosses of the world could use it, and Orlando Magic fans, you'll find that out. <laughs> oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Um, hey, no, my let me tell you not something. doing any better, but, you know, I see a light at the end of the tunnel for the Lakers. We got good young players. We got a good young coach. And uh, Irvin Magic Johnson has come in to basically get rid of uh, Jerry Buss. Let me, uh, so, let me tell you something, okay? Uh, hold on. Before you get on Jerry for a second, I do want to talk about the NCAA for a second because I, I want to make something clear, and I – I really do hate the NCAA. This is why I don't watch college sports. People have always asked me, how do you play fantasy sports and not pay attention to college sports? Don't worry about it. I do. I really do. I've been doing it for years and doing fine. Thank you very much. And I'll tell you why I don't. Because I will not support the NCAA and what they do to these children. Now, remember... What we just talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be able to make us millions for that year. And then you can run along because we'll get somebody else in here that'll make us millions. And screw your education. That's basketball. That's, that, that's a bunch of those sports. But here's the best one. Let me tell you something. For all you college football fans, okay? You're the worst. You're the worst if you support a team that has a football program that is not running a current pro-style offense, you're idiots. You, I will, uh, please, please understand, I think you are the biggest morons going because you are sitting there watching a school bury kids when they're supposed to be helping them get to the next level. You don't have to go any further than in my own state here of Florida to see the success of Tim Tebow in a spread offense and then be completely unprepared to be a quarterback in a pro offense having to make pro throws. Now, I'm glad that the University of Florida and the NCAA made a small fortune on Timmy Tebow. And in the meantime, if you ever talk to the kid, you know one thing. His heart is broken over not being able to play in the NFL. That is the NCAA. That is how much they're prepping their kids for pro football and having them in, in an offense 
that's it doesn't it's not conducive to success. Go ahead, JT. Well, let me ask you this: Do you think some of that is also on the actual player or parents when they look at these schools that they're going to accept a scholarship from? Maybe they need to look and see. For example, North Dakota uh, State prepared Carson Wentz because they played a pro-style offense, which is why Carson Wentz came into the pros pretty much ready to go or ready-made to be a quarterback. So maybe some of these kids also, and I agree with you about the NCAA, don't get me wrong, but maybe these kids and these parents need to be a little more selective and not just take the big name. You know, put me in a take, – take a scholarship offer from a school that's going to prepare you and teach you the intricacies of the NFL game. You know, 100%. 100%. I, I agree with you. Um, the only problem with that is this. A, one, you have parents that maybe have a child that is gifted in sports, but they have no clue about sports themselves. And a lot of these kids that are doing well – uh, they're getting out of the inner city. How many of those kids really don't have parental guidance? So I see what you're saying. Yes, they, you, you would hope that the parents would be more cognizant of what kind of uh, program they're putting their child in in hopes of making, uh, making it further in their career. That would be the best way. But why isn't the system set up to protect the children for the children that don't have the parents that have either the aptitude or the attendance in their child's life to help them? So, I mean, it just doesn't uh, – I, I, I've always hated the NCAA. I'll always hate the NCAA until they take better care of the student-athletes yeah, I'll I'll hate the NCAA when that when, when some of those rules change and all that. Uh, I'll, right. Maybe I'll start getting into it. Well, and and let's just say this about the NCAA: they do it right in one sport. Look at the kids that come out of baseball. Now, I don't like mm. the aluminum bats. I would like to see them go to wood bats. But other than that, when you look at the the kids that generally come out of uh, of college, they're pretty much making an impact uh, a year in at this point, or as some last year. You know, right away, there's a few guys that were drafted last year that, you know, the Swansons of the world that came up and actually played fairly well. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, so I'm just saying baseball, I think they at least are doing something right. You know, I don't want to completely uh, desecrate the NCAA, but I agree with you. 99% of the time, they have a lot of work to do, and uh, they're not doing it. All they're doing is, is, is lining their pockets. That's all they care about. Pretty much. Pretty much, sir. Well, one of the uh, one of the things, let's go ahead. Let's switch gears because I know you've been waiting to get to this as a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. You Big know, uh, yeah, I know. And that's why I want to go ahead. I, I was a little bit longer on NBA, but we had a couple of good points there to make, and especially on the NCAA. Um But getting to NHL, and normally we don't go ahead and spend a lot of time, but there's a, there's, I got to tell you, a a milestone, JT, he's your guy. Go ahead. Let's talk about it. I'll let you go first. Yeah, Sidney Crosby, uh, you know, a thousand points uh, in his career, you know, at this stage, 
and I know you've got the numbers to uh, to support this, but I mean that's got to be one of the one of the quicker ones as far as age wise to get to that, is he not? Uh, no, actually, the numbers that are involved are going to shock a bunch of people in general as far as the thousand points. In other words, how many people in the NHL, the history of the NHL, first of all, uh, during that time, he is uh, he is the eighty sixth person that uh, okay. has reached the thousand point plateau currently there's uh pardon me in, in 100 this is their 100 100 seasons so you figure you know that's less than a player you know a year when you think about it that way but 86 to me is a small number now 86 is a small number there's eight people that are current uh currently still playing still active on that list is uh crosby sedine uh, Henrik, that mm-hmm. is. Uh, Ovechkin, right. Patrick Marlowe, Marion Hossa, Joe Thornton, Jerome McGinley, and Yaramir Yager. Now here, yeah, you know, <laughs> here, you know, I want to put something, the reason I, I, I'm so happy to talk about this with Sydney, because yes, you know, 86 people have reached this. So obviously it's a, it's a, it's an incredible plateau. And when you talk about what game he got it in, yeah, it's relatively, relatively fast. 757 is how many games he got it in. And and if you think of some of the great ones, like Gordie Howe did it in game 938. Okay. Bobby Hull, game 909. Going way back, Stan Makita, 924. You know, you're thinking of some of the great names, Guy Lafleur, seven twenty, right there with Sydney. Uh, okay. Here's a name from the from the uh, from the past for people. Okay. Mark Messier, eight twenty two. Okay. Now, the reason I why I'm saying these names, and and, and I'm going to give you one name, and this will tell you. People have always asked me, you know, especially the newer hockey fan, JT, have asked me about how great was Gretzky. And what I want to be able to do is use both the two greats that we have right now, Sidney Crosby and Alexander Ovechkin. Now, Ovechkin, 1,000 points in 880 games. Sidney Crosby... 757 games, you know? So, I mean, those are some ridiculous numbers. But for those of you who truly don't know who Wayne Gretzky is, he did it in 424 games. Now, Over two points a game. (laughs) Yeah. So this, yeah, exactly. And that's pretty much what he averaged for his career. And in that, okay, Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, widely thought of as obviously the best in the game right now. Alexander Ovechkin, 880 games for 1,000 points. Now, for those of you out there who have no clue how great Wayne Gretzky was, at game 857, 23 games less, he had double that. 2,000 points. He is the only player in NHL history 
to have 2,000 or more points. That'll give you an idea. And he did it. it he got his first 1,000 points in 424 games. He got his second 1,000 points in 433 games. Pretty consistent. Unbelievable numbers. He's, yeah. are you ready? Almost 3,000 points. He almost made it to 3,000. He had 2857 for a career. Sidney Crosby, in all his greatness that he is right now, is at 1,002 points. That'll give you an idea who Wayne Gretzky is. I'm, I'm curious, since we're talking Pittsburgh here, uh, and yeah. maybe you have it. Where uh, yeah. a lot of people do know Mario Lemieux. Where does Mario Lemieux compare in between the two of those guys? Uh, Lemieux is right between them. Okay, when you look at uh, Mario Lemieux, hold on, I had it a second ago. No, I don't. Uh, maybe I do. Maybe I don't. <laughs> no, I, I could have sworn I had it just a second ago because I was like, Mario's not bad. No, Mario did all right. I think Mario was like in about 500. Let's see. Oh, here That's he is. Player. Yeah, 513. Wow. 513. Yeah, so that tells you two of the all time. But he didn't make it to right 2,000. There. Mario was 1723 in points. Wow. So, yeah, no, uh, Mario Lemieux in 513 games. So, again, that gives you perspective of the, you know, some of the great ones. And, and now you look forward to, okay, active players that are within 100 points. Daniel Sedin, there's two. <laughs> Daniel Sedin with 974. And Shane Doan with 964. Shane Doan of the wow, uh, Arizona expected. Or yeah. soon to be somebody else if he has asked for a trade. But, yeah, not somebody you would expect uh, to hear that name. Those are the two players that are within – a hundred points. That's crazy. Well, let's let's put on the fantasy jester hockey. Uh, go forward ten years glasses here. So let you know just just because it's it's new, it's this year. Let's let's talk about the nineteen year old in Toronto in Austin Matthews. It's at like forty six points right now in fifty some odd games as a nineteen year old with a team that you know Marner and him grow together and some of the other guys that they've got Kadri. Uh, and so on, you know, they look like they could have a powerhouse team if they keep everyone together. You know, how do you rate this kid's game in his first season in the NHL again at 19 years old? Oh, you know, very effective, very effective. But, again, this is uh, – it's a different time in the NHL where, you know, if with, with the goaltender equipment that they have now – if you Around average, yeah. yeah, you don't have as many hundred points per year guys in the NHL as you used to. You don't have as many 40-goal, 50-goal scorers in a season that you used to in the NHL. It's a different dynamic. You're, you're handcuffing some of the great kids from ever, ever They'll never be able to put Gretzky-like numbers up as long as the goaltenders are wearing the equipment that they're wearing right now. I can promise you that. 
There is nobody. Yeah, there will be nobody that will come along and do it. When you can get that much coverage of the net. You ever see Bishop and Net? Six, seven with There's those pads yeah, on. Okay, you you literally have a uh, a, a coffee cup to uh, put the puck in. Right. No. Um, there's some good young snipers out there that I would like to have seen play in the, uh, let's say, early, mid to late 90s, you know, time period or, or earlier than that, uh, but today's game. But, again, I do say this. There are some really good young scores. If you're not watching hockey, I'm telling you, sit down, watch a game, or better yet, go to one. If you got a, a team near you, go to one. You know, unfortunately for me, I have the Dallas Stars near me. Uh, been to a couple games of theirs. You know, and it's talk about a team that just absolutely underperforms. Uh, you know, been to a couple games and, you know, I've talked to some Dallas Stars fans, and I know there's a couple of you listening. You know, your biggest problem is you got guys like Klingberg that are defensemen that want nothing to do with playing defense. Um, you know, I, I mean, who am I to talk? Chris, Chris Letang's kind of a forward playing defense, but I also see Chris Letang dive on the ice in front of pucks. You know, I see uh, Chris Letang help out his goaltender when someone's camping in front of the net. But uh, I've been to a few Stars games here. You know, and we talked about the Stars' offensive prowess uh, on some of our uh, preseason reports that we had on the, on the show. And I'll tell you, they're wasting Sagan. They're wasting Eves. You know, they're wasting Ben. Because look at their plus minus. Nobody plays defense on that team. So, uh, you know, but if you can get to a game, it's so much faster in person, so much more fun to watch. I definitely would implore you to do so at this point. Uh, that is one thing, JT. That's probably about the best thing I've heard you say uh, tonight so far about the game. And it, it is so much different in person, folks. It is so much faster. It's easier to follow, obviously. But it is—it's so much faster. It's—it's it's just a ridiculously great sport to go see in person. The the camera view, the camera view, and I've talked about this before. The camera view that they use is not conducive to the average fan watching it. Okay, the simple view for the average fan would be behind the net. Behind the net and overhead are the two views that well, you want to go with. And then no. cut to that side shot in the neutral zone by the right. red line and all that. Between the two blue lines, folks, that's when you go to that and, side and I view. Can, I can tell you the few games I've been to, um, you know, one of our good friends, I'm going to give him a shout-out there, Frank Malone. Uh, him and uh, our good friend Tater actually at the Lightning and Stars tonight as we speak. So, uh Looking for a report on that from them, but uh, oh, yeah, I can tell you right now, back. they're getting creamed. Dallas is uh, beating the snot out of them. The Vasilevsky's in net tonight, and uh, uh, last, oh no, that. all right, no, all right. So that, I guess it's been made an interesting game. At the end of one, it's two to two. Oh, so they're getting a nice little little offensive display tonight there. Uh, yeah, at the American Airlines Arena, I got to give them that. They're going to have some good stuff for me, but I will say this. We sit behind the net, basically up on the first row, the upper level, so you've got great view. There's so much that goes on away from the puck that is imperative to the success of your team uh, that people aren't seeing. You're not seeing a lot of the X's and O's, if you will, uh, of the game. 
you know, and, and go to a game. It's fantastic. I love it. I mean, even, you know, it's the stars here, but uh, I will say I've gotten to see a few games uh, in that arena, and it's so much better in person. It's uh, – why aren't I getting that on hey, ESPN? Where is the feed for it? You guys are idiots on the app. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, Vasil, I know Vasilevsky's in that, and I had benched him for tonight because I didn't think that they'd do well, and uh, I'm glad in, I I'm did. assuming for the uh, Stars, or is Nemi in there? I don't know because I can't pull up the game on the app. Oh, yeah, I can yeah, pull up every game. I can, I can pull up every game but that. Oh, wait, see all. That's what I just did. Oh, come on. Stop <laughs> playing with me. Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, no, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you guys. Uh, sorry. No, Vasilevsky's in that and uh, giving the big guy a break. And I figures um, I really needed the uh, – I needed a win. I really did need a win. <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I'll live. Um, Dallas. I'm not saying who the Dallas goaltender is. Says who the uh, more likely it's going to be legend. Yeah, I would be willing to bet. Oh, here, hold on. Yep. Yeah. So they're both doing terrible though. He's let in uh, two goals. Uh, Lettinen's let in two goals on seven shots, and uh, Vasilevsky's let in two goals on eleven shots. So and not really great goaltending. Play some defense, Dallas. You've got the offensive punch up front. Play some defense, and you'll win some games. Can I tell you something? I, I, I'm happy to see. Uh, I was tweeting today with um, Kenny Danico. Folks, uh, if you don't know who Kenny Danico mm. is, he is the, uh, he's a former NHL defenseman for the Jersey Devils, and he also uh, does the color commentary for their games on MSG. And uh, I tweeted him today because I found out Camilleri uh, was benched, and rightfully so. I mean, if you're a Devils fan, you've been waiting for this to happen. He's been, he was a minus three this week, uh, getting worse as the uh, month has gone on. Cam, Michael Camilleri, uh, JT, has zero goals in the last month. So when he found himself benched for tonight's game, I, I tweeted Dano right away uh, about it, and I, said, I asked him, is he injured? You know, because I figured maybe, you know, let, let's find out what's going on. Is he injured? Or is he, you know, has he lost interest? You know, maybe he doesn't want to be in New Jersey anymore. Maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he doesn't want to play. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't know what it was. So what happened was, is, uh, I, I went ahead, let me see. Uh, I tweeted him and I asked him, and he said it was neither. It was neither is more of uh, sending a message to the locker room in general. He felt that Cammy was healthy and he hasn't lost interest. He's just going through a rough patch now, but also that he was sending a message. So I, I think Dano, the former player, was covering for another player a little bit in his description. Cammy hasn't been playing well. Plain and simple. Coach was sending a message. You only send a message with a player that isn't playing well. 
just stands mm. to reason, folks. I mean, uh, and it's working. It's working because right now uh, the uh, the Devils are up two to nothing, and uh, so it, it has uh, on the Islanders. They have a home and home with the Islanders uh, this weekend. At the end of two, the Devils are winning magically two nothing. I so imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you got to do it, and that's why I sent back to him. I told him, I'm old. You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm old school. I believe in sending that locker room message, and it doesn't matter which the player is. Sometimes it's better when it's one of your top guys. You send the good message then. Well, you, yeah, you've got to show that you're willing to send the top guys, uh, you know, if they're, if they're slacking off or, or not doing their job just as well as the last guy on the bench. So it's definitely the proper message to send, and uh, it looks like you're getting results for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, it's been uh, been an interesting uh, hockey season. I see the Devils getting a little bit better, but, you know, the biggest thing, JT, is uh, the, the whole story behind the Columbus Blue Jackets and how they've been playing and uh, whether or not they can keep it up. And the other one is well, – I believe. Uh, go ahead. Well, I believe that the story for me on the Jackets, though, is tale of two seasons. You know, after their 16-game winning streak, I believe they're 10-10-2 mm-hmm. right. uh, in their last 22 games. So, you know, Tort needs to get a little uh, little more consistency from his players, especially from his goaltending. Uh, Bob will have a great night one night. The next night is five-hole, five-hole. It's just like, come on. So, uh, right. yeah, they just need to get a little more consistency, which I think will come with more experience and as the season goes. Uh, you know, exactly. They went on that nice tear, but they couldn't expect to stay that tear. If they're low spot, if they're low, and this is a good sign though, if their low spot in the season is a 500 stretch, that's a good team. That is. That's a real good team. So, uh, hey, I still, kudos to Columbus. I don't, you don't hear me give credit to Columbus or Ohio much all at all. Usually you hear me trash them, but I'll say, Hey, Kudos to you guys. They're, they're, the fans are showing up, and they're supporting their team. Uh, they're not against Pittsburgh. You had a packed house, and I believe they've sold out, I believe, every game this season are damn close to it. So, you know, Columbus fans are supporting the team. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. No, uh, it's really good. And, uh, you know, it was an interesting pickup in Montreal that uh, they went and as soon as Julianne was uh, dropped back by Boston, future, huh? yeah, went back and picked up Julianne uh, to coach them again. Do you think that's going to make a difference for them? Or nah. I don't. I think they're missing. I think uh, you look at Carey Price's season, I think there's the, the catalyst for what's going on with them. He has not looked like the goaltender he has in the, in the past few years. Uh, granted, he was hurt last year, but you go back to his first or a few full seasons that he's played uh, in their defense. You know, with guys like PK now, what is he in Nashville, and some other guys that aren't, aren't there, I, maybe there's a chemistry problem, but uh, their, whole, their whole problem's in goal. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The, uh, uh, the Devils made a weird tra- trade today. The, uh, Victor Liu for Sergey Kalinin. I don't, I don't understand what that was about. Makes no difference. Whatever. Uh, it might be that Kyle Quincy gets called up. Uh, okay. I have no idea. He's very raw. 
he is very uh, he's just wow. Okay. Well, I mean maybe I don't know maybe, that, maybe he'll figure he'll provide some oh, energy, you know. He's well no, he's oh no, he's so developmental. He is a Swedish defenseman and uh he's got some work. He he he's a future hopeful. I mean, there's there's potential there, but it's years away yet. And uh, that's fine. It was a it was a minor league deal. I'm waiting for the Devils to go ahead and and make a dent either in a trade, make a dent in the trade, or go ahead and make a dent this coming off season. They've gone ahead. They've restructured the team from the minor leagues on up and gotten younger throughout. Dumped a bunch of contracts, and I just hope they're not going to waste Schneider. Snyder's in the no, in they, the prime right now. They need to get more out of Taylor Hall than they are though. That's hard. He's got no. I mean, when okay, here's what makes it difficult. When you have one line, that's the only line that they're going to face the best line every night or the top defensive line mm-hmm. every night, and, and that's it. You can key on that line every night and know that he's not going to get any help. He has no help there. He, he's it's certainly not with Cammy not scoring. That's not helping him either. You know, I mean, when you're the, right, pretty much right. the weapon on the team, I mean, it's easy to shut down that one or two guy. Once that team becomes a little bit more diverse and, and starting to have scoring throughout, You'll see him free up a little bit more, but right now he's got a bullseye on his jacket because he is their scorer, pretty much. And like I said, especially if Cammy's not scoring crap, which he hasn't all month. So anyway, enough of that. It could be worse. It could be worse. I could be. Uh, I could be a Nick fan. Oh wait, you are. It could be worse. I could be a Magic fan. Oh, wait. Which you are. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. Sometimes it just bees like that. All right. Well, we go ahead, switch gears out of where uh, we've moved along. NBA, NHL. Mm, where are we going? Wrestling? You want to go wrestling? How about, a, how about just a quick, how about just a quick, quick stop at the NFL? want to ask you all the rumors out there that uh, we could see Adrian Peterson wearing big blues, uh, Red, white, and blue in New York uh, next season. Your thoughts on that? Mixed. Mixed. <laughs> Am I getting Adrian Peterson 20, uh, 26? No, I'm not. Am I getting Adrian Peterson with a little something? Maybe. I, I think no. it's a. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, me personally, and I know you're not crazy about him, but I, I'd rather have uh, Bell. Bell's a free agent. Le'Veon Bell's a free agent. I know you're not crazy about him, but at least he's got some oh, cred on him. Oh, no, he's an incredibly uh, immense talent. In my opinion, he's the third best running back in football behind David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott at this point. Um, but would I take him? Absolutely. But again, disappears in the playoffs. The guy always gets hurt in a crucial time. Uh, can you depend on him being there? That's That's just the way I look at it. Yeah, exactly. Listen, all I know is the Giants got rid of Jennings, and I was happy about that. I really was. So, you know, it, 
anyway, anyway, no, uh, I don't want Adrian Peterson. I don't want Adrian Peterson with his walker at this point. Sorry, guys. I, I know I have a <laughs> and I do. I have a bunch of friends. Hey, what if we get Adrian? You know what? Maybe, maybe we get a good year out of him. Okay, maybe. I don't. It seems if we're getting them really cheap, we're getting them cheap. Then maybe. Otherwise, you're holding up talent. You're holding up a, a, a talent that you could develop. You got Perkins, who uh, listen. You gave him the ball that one game. You gave him 21 or 22 touches, and he rewarded you with over 100 yards in the game. Now I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to think of that. Because certainly one game of 20 touches doesn't, you know, truly dictate what you should do. But it's it's a start. It was better than what Jennings was doing with the same amount of touches. The guy couldn't break a tackle. Now you go ahead, I think, JT, and you go ahead. Hopefully, when you draft first round, there's a, a future running back for you there. What's the worst that could happen? You have two running backs? Well, exactly. I've seen some interesting mocks from some places that I actually uh, respect and and enjoy, one being Walter Football. Uh, You know, the interesting thought there is, you know, you look at some of the running backs uh, coming out this year, uh, Leonard Fournay, which a lot of people think is the best running back in the class. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Uh, so hopefully the Jets can take him at six. Like I've seen many mocks have him. He's yours. Have him. Uh, Dalvin Cook's a guy from Florida State that I would look at. Uh, big fan of his. I've seen him going to the Bucks. So maybe you have a Doug Martin or or somebody like that out there available that the Giants could bring in as well. So you know a guy that just isn't uh, isn't as long in the tooth, shall we say? Uh, Detroit needs a running back. You know, there's several places that need a running back, but uh, Giants. So, yeah, yeah, this is going to be an interesting offseason for the skill position, especially running back. Uh, you know, I guess, is Martin available? Apparently, Martin will be available. I believe they're going to either, he's a free agent now, or, uh, and I've heard different reports, which is why I can't give you conclusive. I've uh, seen where he's a free agent now, or will March 1st or March 4th, whatever the new year is, or he's going to be a June 1st cut. I've heard both. But either way, everything I read says he will be available. Hmm. Hmm. What do you want the uh, – what do you want Miami to do? Uh, offensive line and defensive secondary. Corners and offensive linemen, that's what we need. I like the move today to give Cameron Wake a two-year $17 million extension – the guy has earned it, playing at a high level, even in his uh, early to mid-30s. Um, we got rid of Mario Williams, so addition by subtraction. I believe there's a trade on the board for uh, Brandon Albert to be sent to the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, which should be <laughs> finished out in the next day or two. So, uh, you know, that'll move Tunsil over. You know, and there's a guy out there that I believe is available uh, in Le- Leary, the left guard from uh, the Cowboys. They're ready to move Lyle Collins into that spot. You know, I'd like to see Miami go after offensive line and secondary. I recently uh, – And, let, by the way, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, Can we please get Walt Aikens on the field? Adam Gase, if you're listening, we got rid of Vance Joseph. The guy obviously had his head buried in a particular place in his anatomy. 
Um, can we get Walt Aikens on the field, please? Wholeheartedly agree. There, there's a young man that is a hard worker, has the talent to be on the field, and I have, uh, I'm still trying to figure out with the secondary that they had what he was doing on the friggin' sideline. I have no clue. Um, but, you and you know, both. I just, uh, I, I was in a uh, one of the Miami, uh, one of the Miami fan rooms, uh, talking to a couple people there. Uh, somebody had drawn my attention to the room regarding a conversation that was being had regarding, you know, some of the moves that should be done. And I have to be honest with you. I, uh, I wouldn't play fair if I was Miami. First, I'd go out and I'd go get uh, TJ Lang from Green Bay. And then uh-huh. I would go ahead and, you see, I'd pull a, a, a Belichick. On defense, I'd go out and get myself a, a, a high tower, a Donta high tower. This way, I'd take care of the secondary in the draft. That's the way I would do it. That's just okay. me. Because now, let me you, ask uh, you though. Go ahead. You're but, uh, now looking at Miami Dante Hightower. You're talking about a, a middle linebacker. Kiko Alonso played very well at that position for us last year. Yeah, but I'd move him to the outside. You want to kick him outside, okay? Well, okay. You can't trust uh, Misi to be healthy. You can't trust Jenkins I to be healthy. No, and unfortunately, I don't think Misi will be with the club because of his uh, his uh, salary. Unfortunately, I think he'll be a casualty. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we def we definitely need some linebacker help. I agree with you there. Uh, secondary, Xavier Howard was a very good draft pick, second round pick out of Baylor. He missed some time due to injury, but when he did play, he made a difference. I personally would like to see us get rid of Toast, Byron Maxwell, um, move him along. Um, maybe a there spot were so many Aikens people who wanted to keep him. Uh, I don't get it. That. I mean, like I said, I don't get it. The guy, the guy was burned on on a game, but game to game basis. I mean, he was pretty much a liability. I think there were two games where he may have held his own, but uh, we need a lockdown corner on that side. Uh, what do you think of uh, the Rams' Trumaine Johnson? Do you think he's that guy? He's available. No. he's. But if you look at his game, um, again, same thing as Maxwell. He's a press corner. And if you look at the style of defense, then Miami is going to basically keep a similar style to what Vance Joseph played. They don't really utilize that press corner. They kind of play off. We need a corner that can play off. Um, okay. And that's where I, you know, I think that's where you put Maxwell back in Seattle where he was good because their defense plays press and Chancellor and Thomas cover over the top, you know. So I'd like to see uh, I'd like to see us get a corner more or less that can play off. And I I know he's on your team, but as an example, uh, Janoris Jenkins, the guy that can play off the ball and play it well. I know he's not available, but I'm using him as an example. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, my team. My team. I just. I guess maybe because I grew up with the great linebackers, I just hope we go and get us a linebacker. I understand that our defense was that good, but I still would like a linebacker, a dominant linebacker there at middle linebacker. Um, 
but I guess, again, I can't argue with success. No, um, I'd like to see you guys pick up uh, the uh, hybrid safety linebacker, uh, Peppers, from Michigan, I think would be a guy that would absolutely wreak havoc uh, from from either position, a guy that can stay on the field, kind of in the mold of a Miles Jack, a guy that doesn't have to leave the field um, on passing downs, but a guy that can play the run just as well. Uh, on offense, everything I've been hearing is pretty much that they're gearing up for uh, getting Eli a tight end. And Joku from Miami is the guy to get right there. You think so? Yeah. Oh, I know so. And Joku is Jordan Reed 2.0. Same skill set. Um, he's not a guy that you're ever going to worry about blocking anybody, let's be real, but most tight ends aren't at this point. Um, he's got a Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Shockey, you know, Jordan Reed type of skill set. And let's be real, I, you know, I was going to ask you, is it time to start looking at Eli's replacement? Because it isn't Nassib, is it? Uh, no, it's not Nassib. And I've got to tell you right now, it's funny. Uh, Joey Cage broached the subject with me uh, maybe about a week or two ago and asked me, uh, are, uh, am I ready for a replacement? Am I ready to go ahead? And, and why not? Why not go grab somebody in a second third round, unless somebody's available that shouldn't be in the first round by the time you draft, by the time the Giants draft, but um, grab somebody in the second round and uh, you got to because of this, and here's your greatest reason, remember this he has not missed a game he has stayed healthy alright, first you have the odds, second it's bound to happen it's going to happen one of these years. Each year, it's getting greater and greater that because of age, he's going to miss a couple of games. And I've gone on record earlier. This is about a month ago when somebody else had brought up, what are you going to do with the Giants? I said, be prepared for Eli to miss two to four games this year. Write this one down. Oh, the way, write this the one way, down. Uh, your left you. tackle, the way your left tackle Flowers likes to play the Olay bullfighting uh, blocking system from time to time, it's gonna leave it's gonna leave Eli open to some shots. So you know, I don't disagree with you. Maybe you guys can talk J Load into coming out of retirement. <laughs> old Jared Lorenzen, the old J Load. Oh, I tell you, we need we need somebody because. Maybe he can play left tackle. Yeah, he's big enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead and uh, give me give me your idea on this one. You live uh, you live relatively close to some Buffalo fans, you might say. I do. Yeah, I do. What do you see for their team? What What does Buffalo need? Well, you look at the uh, defensive coordinator coming up from Carolina to. Uh, to coach them, probably one of the better signings, and his name is at the tip of my tongue, and I'm not getting it out. But, again, defensive coordinator from Carolina, I think you I think you fixed the defense. Um, you know, what are you going to get out of Shaq Lawson? You really didn't get much out of him. Reggie Ragland, you'll get him for a full year uh, at linebacker. Their secondary is, is suspect. So, I think if I'm Buffalo at this point, I still think that Tyrod Taylor 
is a stopgap quarterback or good enough to have for another year. I'd like to see a little more out of Cardale Jones, see what he's got. The guy showed he's got some ability against some top talent or, you know, top teams a couple years ago in the NCAA, your favorite, uh, you know, your favorite four letters there. But uh, I think Buffalo <laughs> needs to worry about that secondary. Right. Yes, yeah. it is. I think Buffalo needs to worry about that secondary. I think they need to get themselves, um, you know, the kid King that had 14 picks a couple years ago and nobody threw at him last year. Um, you know, somebody like that. They need to look at a lockdown corner. And I hate to say it, but, you know, those Buffalo people that you mentioned, you know, I saw one of their uh, one of his sons wearing a Sammy Watkins jersey there, and I told him, man, you better be careful. The odds of you getting hurt wearing that are, are really high. Uh, I think it's time they go get themselves a dependable number one wide receiver because you can depend on Sammy Watkins to play, and Robert Woods just doesn't fit the bill. So wide receiver and corner, I think, are their two biggest needs. Well... Let me ask you something. Do you think uh, Cardell's the answer? I actually would like to see more. I mean, if you had to give him a grade this year, you'd have to say incomplete. I think right. the guy's very a raw talent. You know who he reminds me of is a Byron Leftwich type. If they can cut that long delivery down and shorten that up a little bit, I think you're looking at a guy that could be a top 10 to 14 you know, 10 to 14, 10 to 15 ranked quarterback. Uh, he can throw the ball down the field, which is important in Buffalo with that wind uh, that they get from time to time. He seems like he's got some accuracy, and he can move. He moves well for a big man. So he moves well for anybody, to be honest with you. So I'd like to see a little more out of him, at least get him in a couple preseason games with some significant playing time. You? I, uh, you know, I have always uh, I've always been the uh, of the uh, kind that if you're going to draft somebody, use them. Find out what you got. I mean, just don't right. let somebody. Yeah, you got to find out what you got. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I look at the Jets situation. Okay, you know, there are some that believe Hackenberg has the ability. He, they might never find out, and they wasted the draft pick that high. I, I just right, think this is right. the thing that I just don't get. Teams doing – and there's a bunch of teams that do it. But if you notice, it's always the teams that are struggling and not doing well. Just uh, it's magically that that happens. And then you go ahead and you get somebody like the uh, Patriots who – it doesn't matter where you're drafted. They're going to use you properly. They've gotten you for a reason, and they're going to use you – no matter where you were drafted, and more right. than likely, use your assets properly to turn you into a star. But and point in case, you know, I want to throw this out there to those of you that are arguing with me on Twitter, saying that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time, and the, I'm sorry, the greatest player of all time, which is exactly the words that were used, um, and that he was the reason you guys won the, the the Super Bowl this year. I'm sorry, what was the Patriots' record through four games this year? The first four games. Right. Well, wasn't it four and zero? I believe it was four and zero. Three and one at worst, but four and zero. I remember, if I remember correctly. So Kobe Brissett was good enough to get you to three and one. Garoppolo was good enough to get you to three and one. I'm not saying Tom Brady's not a great quarterback, but to the point you just you just made, they went out and got Brissett. 
they you know they went out and got Garoppolo a couple years ago. They went out and they get guys. They use them properly. That is unfortunately as much as I hate that team, uh, Gary Ruat. Let's be honest. <laughs> it is the ultimate team. It is. They they win because of everybody on that team, not just one player. Um, and that's exactly where you're talking about the Jets with Hackenberg. Give him a chance. Don't waste these draft picks year after year after year. Um, and the Patriots generally don't. Let's, uh, I, I definitely, you know, I, I don't normally want to talk about WWE, but it's, there's been a couple of interesting things. I got to switch gears, JT, because a couple yeah, of things have gone on. And, and, you know, before we get into it about some of what I would like to discuss, I want to go ahead and uh, say rest in peace to the we, wrestling world lost three wrestlers. And uh, in particular, two of them were my absolute favorites, and, uh, Ivan Kowal and uh, George the Animal Steel. And uh, <clears throat> George not the Animal the Steel. Not the yeah, not the road. <laughs> Bubba Ray is classic, by the way. Bubba Ray Dudley, well played, sir. Well played. Yeah, Bubba, if you're listening out there, brother, uh, very well played. Yeah, no, um, George the Animal Steel was one of the first good characters that I remember getting into uh, watch them. And him, him, you know, ripping apart and chewing on the tur- turnbuckle and the green tongue and yeah, just some great times, great fun, uh, and, uh, you know, back when there were, what is it, JT, 25 different strap changes in the past uh, less July. than a year? Since yeah, July. July. Okay, so July, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, 25 in eight months. So three strap changes a month were averaging. Yeah, way to water those titles down, WWE. Think about that. And, and, and you know, and you know I want to say this because second. he's not here to help me out. As Carnage, uh, as, as my radio partner on another show, Carnage, would say, you know, it, it's the millennial participation trophy belt at this point. That's all it is. Everybody gets their chance to hold it. Three times the belt has changed a month for the last eight months. That is just absolutely ridiculous. You know, folks, we have him, JT mentioned the other show, and I want to go ahead and talk about that for a second, too. FXE Live is the other show that he's talking about. We do that on Wednesday nights, and for those of you, uh, new to the show, new to fantasy justice sports or anything that we're doing here. We also do Florida extreme entertainment. It's our wrestling mm-hmm. promotion and uh, March 18th. Absolutely fun time. We're going to have the St. Patrick's day hangover. And uh, for those of you out there, don't forget, you can pay attention to everything that is going on, whether it's J- fantasy justice sports or FXE through FantasyJusticeSports.com and FXEWorld.com. FXEWorld.com tomorrow, uh, I'm going to be working on that bad boy all day so that I can load in everything that you're going to need to know about each and every wrestler 
that's going to be on the card for March 18th. So go ahead and, uh, yeah, go ahead, tune in to uh, fxeworld.com on Monday and really get an in-depth look of each and every one of the people on the card. It's going to be a great night and a lot going on with that. And, again, you can get it here at fantasyjusticesports.com. Also, folks, don't forget, you can hear the podcast all on iTunes. If you've missed some of the uh, past shows, we've had Shannon Moore on, and we've had Lindsay Snow recently on talking about her tryout at the WWE Performance Center for WWE over there. Uh, We've had so many great people in all the different sports, and we're going to add to that this week as on Monday, on Wednesday's show, on Wednesday's show, we're going to have Robbie E. on the show, JT. Yes, yes. No, I'm, I can't wait for that, uh, especially with uh, who he's going to be going against. And real quick, while you're saying that, also yeah. all you uh, Twitter folk out there, there's now yeah. FXE World on Twitter as well. So you can get your FX, FXE fix right there on Twitter, FXE World on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean – here, I'll give you an idea what some of the shows, you know, folks, people have asked me, what kind of guests do we have coming up? Who, who can we look forward to? What are we going to have on these coming shows? Well, you know, I'm very happy to say that we've got Robbie E. coming up uh, this Wednesday. Next week, JT, or the week after, we haven't, I'll know more this week. It's going to be heaven sent, if you will. Our guest will be mm-hmm. literally heaven sent yeah folks if you don't know what i'm talking about uh we are going to have a phenomenal guest on the fantasy jester show and again i'm trying for next week worst case it'll be the week after with luke akins if you don't know luke akins and why he's coming heaven sent let me explain real quick to you 25 thousand feet in the air he jumped out of a perfectly good plane without a parachute if you haven't had the opportunity and until he's on the show go check it out on youtube heaven sent luke akins you don't want to miss this it is the most incredible display of human will Against all odds, if somebody tells you you can't do something and you feel you have a lot of people telling you you can't, imagine how many people thought Luke Akins could never jump out of a plane from 25,000 feet without a parachute and live to tell the tale. I would imagine, JT, there was a lot of people telling him he couldn't and he still went ahead and did. That is the story right. there. Yeah. That that guy's going to be an insane guest to have. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Then, the following FXE show, see, we have Robbie E. this Wednesday, March 1st. Wrestling Heaven Sense, I believe, on that one as well for a different reason, though. JT uh, could be correct. Heaven Sense, uh, for some of you guys out there, she will be Heaven Sent. We are going to be blessed with Santana Garrett on the show. So 
Uh, and then we're going to follow Santana Garrett. If Santana Garrett wasn't enough for you, okay? The following week, we're going to have Ask Mila on the show, where you're going to have the opportunity to call in and ask Mila Naniki your own questions live on air. So, <laughs> I mean, we've got... what, what are you doing to me, man? What are you doing to me? How am I supposed to concentrate with you talking about Santana Garrett and Mila back-to-back? There is no way I'm supposed to be able to concentrate on what I'm doing at this point. Santana Garrett, Mila Naniki, on an Ask Mila call-in edition, Robbie E., Luke Akins. I mean, uh, uh, we're, we're pedaling as fast as we can to bring you the best damn podcast. And I'll tell you what. If you can find another podcast bringing you the wide range of people that we bring in sports. See, you could go ahead and have sports, but not have the wrestling. You could have the wrestling, but not have the sports. We're bringing you both people from all different walks of life and in every sport imaginable, folks. Uh, Make sure you're telling you. I hope. Don't keep this a secret much longer. Tell your friends what's going on here because – some great shows are coming down the pike. We've had JT. I mean, we've had some funny-ass shows. I mean, Jeff Cross and, yeah. and Jim Rosenhaus <laughs> alone, some funny shows. Not to mention the Larry Zabisco edition. Just There shouldn't be – listen, I don't care if you like wrestling or not. Even if you don't like wrestling, it's a phenomenal show. And if you are a wrestling fan, it, it just blows you out of the water. It's just a great interview. Yeah, they, I mean, the guy had me in stitches with some of the stories he was telling, uh, as, as did you shooting on some of the guys like Lex Luger, Sting, just to name a few. Uh, the story about the Wild Samoans was fantastic. So, yeah, definitely one of my – always will be one of my favorites. And then Shannon Moore not too long ago. So we've had some serious, serious uh, talent on our shows. Yeah, well, we brought ahead, you know, we told the fans we'd be doing what we can to bring them good and interesting shows. We try and keep the topics fresh for you folks. We give you the stats and we give you great guests. I don't know, you know, and a couple of ha ha he he's in there thrown in every once in a while. You never know when that's going to happen. You know, uh, and one of those ha ha he he's and I, I'm sorry, this just, it never gets old. You know, when I can go somewhere and have a sports figure help me. Have some fun with the guys. JT, what's up, JT? And, and Joe Jr. JT and Joe Jr., where are y'all at? Why are y'all not here right now? Why are y'all not here. supporting the Jags right See, they now? They should be here right they here with my Jags. practice right now. They <laughs> <laughs> It's great when you can have Miles Jack uh, from yeah. the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars calling out your host and one of the wrestlers from your uh, production. Yeah, he's killing me. Uh yeah, it's not like he enjoyed doing that to me as well. So, uh, you know, one day, Miles, I'm coming for you, buddy. One day. Yeah, one day we'll have to go ahead and get together and uh, meet up with Miles again and uh, have a talk with him. But, yeah, he's just a, a real fun, fun kid. And that's what it's about, folks. That's why we're doing these shows, these podcasts, so that everybody, you, you get your sports, you get your stats, but you get a couple of laughs, too, and we do. We really like to have a lot of fun with everybody. The wrestling shows absolutely outrageous. Okay, you want to have some laughs? Go join the wrestling show, and, and that's the one thing about March 18th, uh, JT, that I have to say is probably going to be one of the as it almost as interesting as the wrestling night itself 
is going to be the after party. Yes, the uh, oh, that's going to be off. That's going to be off the chain. The after party is going to be sick. The after party with this crew, folks, should be uh, quite interesting. And if you have the opportunity to be in the Deland area on March 18th at the Armory, we will be putting on the St. Patrick's Day Hangover, and it's quite the event. It is. Uh, it is going to be a lot of fun. It's for Make a Wish. We've got a, we're going to be helping out Make a Wish. We've got Rob, Robbie E versus Shannon Moore in a, in a phenomenal match as our main event. And the rest of the card, it really shapes up. It is a host of who's who of talent that has been all over, whether it's WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, uh, WCW. WCW. And, and let me tell you something, folks. There are some local talent on there that is the cream of the crop of our local talent. Wow. It is one minute left. This has been the Telephone Sports Psychic. Hello. Who is it? Can I help you? It's the Jester. That's who it's been. And it's been the Jester with JT. And this has been the Fantasy Jester Show. You know, folks, I want to thank you all for joining us. Don't forget, we are brought to you by FantasyJesterSports.com, Blog Talk Radio, BreadFromYourBed.com, make some money right from home. Keep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach, with the best damn dive experience in this state. I'll tell you that much. For JT and the whole gang, I'm the Fantasy Jester. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm out of here. If you had one shot, one opportunity, seize everything.